Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. told me this morning that he was optimistic we had a race-winning car, and I'll be honest with you, I thought he was full of <laughs> He's really allowed me to be innocent until proven guilty, and so far I'm not guilty, so it's working out well. Not guilty. <laughs> well, remember that, right? It's a long season. Things could turn. <laughs> Welcome to NASCAR America. I'm Steve LaTarte, Mayor Jeff Burton, Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett. Guys, we heard it right there. Another mile-and-a-half track, and Denny Hamlin goes to victory lane for the second time this season. Impressive run, though, up and down day, but in the end, a great strategy by his crew chief, and you heard it right there. Hamlin didn't think he had a race-winning car. His crew chief <laughs> did. I had that a few times as well, but uh, in the end, I, he passed a lot of cars. He did. He, he's starting to sound like Mark Martin. Yeah, every, you know, oh, it used to yeah. be, Jeff, when we raced with Mark Martin, when he said his car was not good, then he'd blow our doors off. Oh, yeah. So then he's taking that approach, but they make it so interesting because they make a lot of mistakes along the way, but when you have a fast race car, as Denny said he had, you can make up for a lot of that. I just think you know, Chris Gabart's done a great job. You look at the, you know, how they've been running. We had a conversation on a show last week. You, 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 you where were you? Oh, no, anyway, no, no. anyway, we had a conversation on a show last week about Gibbs versus Penske, and uh, but you, you think about Chris Gabart and and what he and Denny Hamlin have done already this early in the year. They've been a really, really good combination, and you know, Denny Hamlin is you're gonna have to deal with him. Yeah, you have when Denny Hamlin's confident. He is, you know, he's a really good race car driver anyway, and he has a ton of confidence now. This isn't the end of Denny Hamlin and, and uh, Gabe Hart winning races this year. Well, and the one thing I have learned so far with this new rules package of 2019 is practice is very hard to judge. So I'm not surprised yeah. that Denny Hamlin didn't love his race car. Uh, we've heard drivers say, I don't know, it's just faster than it is or it doesn't drive as good. It's very hard to see, even looking at lap times, because the way the guys draft some in practice, Texas, the tire was very hard, so just cycling tires improved your lap time. It was hard to judge going into the race who was going to be good. Yeah, and I think we're going to continue to see more of that. Even as they get a little bit more used to this and what they need to do, I think that that becomes even more confusing somewhat. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's not restrictor plate racing by any means, but, you know, when you go to Daytona and Talladega, you really didn't know what you had until you got into the yeah, race as yeah. to what you may be able to do. And I think that's a lot of this, and it's providing some really good races. I, I was really uh, tuned in yesterday to that race from, from beginning to end for 500 miles. Uh, it was very entertaining. I tell you what, what I find really interesting is that, you know, we keep saying, well, this is what we know about the package, and now we run X amount of mile-and-a-half tracks. But every big racetrack has been completely different from one another, right? Yeah. So What I know is that I don't know much. Right. So <laughs> you, go to, you go here, right, and it's so flat in one and two. And in, in three and four, it's tons of banking, tons of grip. It's just completely different. They've yet to have this package on a racetrack that's similar to the next one. And I think that we are, as you said, I'm watching practice, and I'm trying to figure out who's fast and who's not. I think they are, too. I think that they really don't know how their cars are supposed to feel, what a good-feeling car does. I, I think that they're still learning this as well. Well, and we talk about it being an entertaining race. I mean, listen, I think the numbers speak for themselves. 
32 passes for the lead in, under green flag conditions. Yeah. That's not at the line. That's anywhere around the track because we've seen it swap a, you know, two or three times in the same lap. And luckily for Denny Hamlin, passing was possible because it was anything but a smooth race. He had a lot of pit issues trying to get to the checkered flag. I think Denny tried to come to pit road the time before and he missed the entry. This time, this time, do not fight him. Do not fight him. Denny Hamlin penalized too fast on pit road. This time, section nine. Uncontrolled tire on the right front. I mean, dude, it was sitting right next to him. I don't know how it was. Unbelievable. He stepped his hand on it until the guy started to come around. I mean, it couldn't have been six inches. I don't know how much closer the tire can be to him. I just, I mean, the next thing the dude has to do is sit on it. I, I don't know how to get it any closer. They, they ain't going to hear it. We argue, always argue. Let's have to go to the back, I guess. 10-4. Go on to the back. I think we could all have a show about uncontrolled tires, but we won't get into that. I think this is the biggest thing. This is what we were talking about. Look at this. Down to 32nd, gets all the way back to the first with a good break, catching the yellow. You think he's recovered, and then boom, back to 18th again. But in the end, the team kept finding a way between strategy and not just strategy. Denny Hamlin passed, I mean, tons of cars on the restarts. And I, listen, I think the maturity of Denny Hamlin – you know, as he's gotten older, he's become more mature how he yeah. drives a race car. And that right there, everybody around him was freaking out, you know, hey, he should have done this, he should have done that. And he's like, okay, going to the back. You know, like, it's going to be okay. And I, I think that attitude is so important because, you know, you're going to have to go fast these cars. You're going to have to go make something happen. And, you know, it is what it is. Just go to the back and deal with it. And that was a very, very mature Denny Hamlin we heard right there. Yeah, sure. And I think that... You know, he had some fast race cars last year, and they were fast in qualifying. They would run fast for a few laps, and then they he didn't have the handling. Denny likes what he has now. He knows he's got cars capable of doing that, so he's able to kind of keep his calm and do his job. And when Denny Hamlin's focused, there's nobody you know that can get the job done any more than what he can. He's very talented, and I think he likes this style of racing uh, with everything that's there. And uh, when you've got a fast car, you can make up for a lot of things, uh, but you, you don't want to continue to have these. I really thought when I saw him miss pit road, and then I thought he was going to run out of fuel before he got back around. And, and with all the problems, I thought that it kind of took them out of the race. But as you said, he stayed calm and went on and did the job. Well, you mentioned all the problems. This was a 500 mile race and it played like that <laughs> thank a, goodness a lot as well yeah but a lot of teams we saw team penske has some issues we're going to talk about them later in the race we had some other guys have some great runs but really it came down to kyle bush he was the man of the weekend he won the truck race the xfinity race was going for the sweep yep. and in my mind with like 100 to go he took control of the race and i thought at that point he was checked out. I thought it was game over, but he shows that even though these cars are a little slower this year, they're definitely not easier to drive. Actually made an adjustment to tighten up the car in order to have it be a little bit more under control for the, the end of the race there, and uh, just busted loose on me. I was just trying to hustle and make up, keep the lap time going and um, keep the distance to those guys behind me and it just didn't uh, just didn't work out it just snapped on me so luckily we caught it and i uh, was able to get back rolling again and then just fighting it there behind those guys in dirty air and i got in the wall off it too so um hate it for all my guys everybody that uh, that worked so hard they they deserve to win they should have won and threw it away i mean just as hard as you're hustling through the corners here and trying to do trying to run as close to wide open as you can 
and um, you know sometimes your car just it's it's it needs that downforce it needs that air to, to be on top of it in order to make sure you have that grip and we just didn't have it there a couple times so I don't want to pick on Kyle Busch because he's done well you know way more stuff correct on the racetrack than he's ever made mistakes I mean but a rare mistake out of Kyle Busch I mean he had position like I said, I, I thought that was it. I thought he was going to run away with it. Well, when people talk about this package being you know slower, so it's easier to drive, <laughs> it didn't look like it right there. No. You know, when, when, when one thing that, that I think uh, you've driven cars, Xfinity cars and stuff, I've driven them that have lower horsepower, you have to drive them harder. You have to drive them way harder. And so then when you slip, you are fully committed. And when you slip, it's very, very, it just comes around on you like that. So. A good job of saving the car, but it just shows you out front, you can't just be riding around. you got to be pushing, trying to make lap time. And, and the other thing with this package is I have a feeling that a little bit loose is better than a little bit tight. Yeah. You know, it keeps the engine freed up. It makes the car go faster to the corner. And pushing that hard every now and then, you just made lose control. Well, you said that. It sounded to me like he actually got a little tight, put the wheel in it, and that's when it snapped up the racetrack. Yeah, and that's the worst thing for a driver is you think that you've got it under control, and then all of a sudden it goes away. I thought when I saw it, I said, there's no way you can keep that out of the wall. So he did an outstanding job of giving himself that position. But then later on, as he got back in the traffic, I mean, he was only running fourth there, but behind a car, then he lost the nose yeah. there coming off of two trying to carry that speed. And that's the next thing with these big spoilers on the yeah. rear, and you get a car in front of you not getting that downforce on the front all it takes is just a split second i mean you're wide open going as hard as you can and we talk again you talk about those slower speeds well the corner speeds down in the center aren't any slower uh than, than what they used to yeah. run so uh, uh that you in having to hustle these cars away the that you do that's why i think we're seeing the drivers that run a lot of xfinity races win uh, and do well in these because they're accustomed to that well you say drivers how about organizations i mean yeah. so kyle bush was perhaps the favorite not perhaps he was the favorite going into the race so i think that's easy to say <laughs> right now he's favorite in every race yeah right 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 so then he has his issue then it's eric jones he's right. leading the race right now it looks like he's going to win and then he has to take a little bit more fuel than the others then it's denny hamlin so if you're another competitor i mean joe gives racing they got a one two three punch martin trek surprisingly <laughs> was off all day long but the other three really carried the banner that organization is finding a way to get cars to victory lane you know, multiple ways. Yeah. I mean, good cars, good execution, all of the above. I think last week I said that Penske was the best organization because mm -hmm. they had more cars that could win races, and then they heard you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You disagreed. I took Joe Gibbs Racing simply because Kyle Busch was there. That's not taken away from the other drivers, but the fact is that they've had three cars to finish in the top ten, at least three to finish in the top ten every single race so far. So that's pretty amazing that what they put together, the drivers are doing a, an outstanding job and putting themselves in position to win and taking advantage whenever those opportunities are there. And, and overall, I, I was entertained. You know, I know there's all these arguments about good races and all the different things, but simply enough, that was as good a Texas race as I can remember. I would argue it's one of the best, if not the best race of the year. Um, there was always a car in proximity to the lead. There was a multitude of drivers who could have won with different execution. And there were names that we don't see a lot. William Byron running up front. We had Ryan Newman at times running up front. Chase Elliott, you, you know, it kind of got handed around. Kurt Busch looked good. So I, yeah, I mean, yeah, the list is good. the list goes on forever, right? So I was entertained by the race. I don't really care about spoiler size, aerodynamics, or rules. I just want to be entertained. I was entertained. I, there were a lot of people that I thought could win the race at different times, and I thought that the mistakes that people made were were they they were bigger. You know what I mean? Uh, now, not counting what Denny Hamlin was able to do, they overcame more mistakes than anyone, I yeah. think. But. But the restarts were crazy. Uh, you never knew who was going to win the race. It was the cars in three and four. You know, had tons of grip. But one and two, they were they were fighting them. It was outside of the Daytona 500. It was it was the best race of the year.
Yeah, and, and listen, for guys that have issues like Team Penske and Joe Gibbs Racing, there were new guys to the front. And a team that really hasn't been looking good for quite a while has been Hedger Motorsports on the 48. A good weekend at Texas. Yeah. We're going to look at the entire weekend when we come back. passed a lot of cars today so from our point of view it's a pretty good day it's always more fun when you have a speed that, that you know that you have the speed to, to win the race that was a lot of fun to be up there and uh, leading the race a few aggressive pit calls here and there and we just weren't going to be denied we got cars that are capable of doing it we see kyle do it and obviously danny today you get second guessing yourself you know what what we could have done i don't know if the gibbs cars are really really fast at the end of the day we don't have speed uh, with our car right now it seems like we teeter-totter you know back and forth we can make our cars fast but the drivability is not quite there i mean i don't feel like we can trim out to go the speed that they can and handle this weekend we had really good drivability but our speed wasn't quite there to, to keep up with those guys raw speed was in the car i think we maybe dial that back some and put some drivability in it the car was close the start, it was just obviously a little too free. 15 laps into this race, the yellow flag flies. Four tires went sliding around backwards and all the way around in the person of Eric Jones. It's unfortunate I, I put ourselves in a bad spot and, and at the end of the race having to take a little bit more fuel. It's kind of a weird day. Uh, really confused. There's just too big of a difference from the car in clean air to dirty air. It's with the dirty air, uh, you know, the grip level. We really need to get into some big detail and debrief and figure out what we can do to, to be better. The journey we've been on as a team and what we're looking for, um, we're, we're in a much better box now. We're so close to a top five, so that kind of is a little bit of a bummer for me. We're all really good together, we're all really bad together. It's definitely an improvement. Chad and I are starting to get more comfortable with each other, and I feel like there were a lot of good things this weekend. Yeah, our cars are closer than they've ever been at Hendrick Motorsports. Well, we know Danny Hamlin was the big winner. He went to victory lane. But I think the name other than Kyle Busch heading into the race, going for the sweep, was Jimmy Johnson and really all of Hendrick Motorsports. They took the top three positions in qualifying. Alex Bowman had an issue. He got in an accident there in qualifying. But Jimmy Johnson, William Byron, Chase Elliott all had speed all weekend, practice and everything. I think there was some concern, right? How is it going to translate in the race? And I actually like what I saw out of the 48. Oh, the 48 was fast. So the 48 was fast when he had track position, when he was up front. And you heard Jimmy Johnson in that post-race interview said, okay, we had speed. Maybe we need to dial a little bit of drivability back in it. What that tells me is that, you know, there, everybody has a balance right now between trimming them out, making them go fast versus making them drive well. And it just sounded like to me, and it showed on the racetrack that they have that speed, but you know, you can't recover once you lose track position. You see Jimmy Johnson right there losing track position while he's in traffic. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we had talked about, everybody had talked about, okay, the West Coast swing was over. People were implementing some new things into their cars. And when I saw Hendrick Motorsports on Friday be so fast, I was like, okay, they didn't really have the speed on the West Coast that they really needed to, to keep up that much. Have they put themselves in a position with a newer racetrack here that has some grip? Have they put themselves in a position that these cars aren't going to do what they need to do whenever it came time to race? But that wasn't the case. Uh, they, they raced very well. Jimmy Johnson did an outstanding job. But, you know, just like we, as we saw Kyle Busch there slip leading the race, Jimmy one slip, put him back, and then had to recover from that. But they did a good job of continuing to work on the car and getting it better to where at the end of the race, instead of where he's been going backwards, he moved forward. That's the word I was looking for, recover. That's what the 48 hasn't done. They just haven't either had the car, haven't had the brakes, haven't had the pick calls. But if you look at this race, 
you know, they had an issue. They lost the first stage on pit road to the 22. Yep. Simple yep. as that. And then they had an issue on pit road with the jack handle coming out, which a miraculous job that even <laughs> went as good as it did. But if you look at lap 200, 12th, the reason I say that is because he ended up fifth. Very easily, Jeff, you know how these get away from you. You could go from 12th to 15th, 12th to 17th. Yep. That's a fork in the road. The 48 in Texas found a way to kind of stop the mayhem in 12th and recover. Make good adjustments, make good sound pit calls, and recover. And it wasn't just Jimmy. William Byron right there behind him. You heard William say, I'm working good with Chad Knauss. 500 miles, continue to work on your race car. I think the fact having speed's one thing, but they had to feel good to think, man, that race kind of went like we hoped. Well, you know, an unbelievable challenge for Hendrick and everybody else. When have we heard people in the past talk about, well, I have speed, but it doesn't drive good? You know, having speed in the past has meant that it did drive well. Mm -hmm. That's what you had. That's what made the speed. Now, you actually can go fast by yourself and the car not handle well in traffic. That is a very difficult balance that they're going to have to find. You heard Clint Boyer say it. He said the, the, you know, the Gibbs cars... As Eric Amarola, actually, the Gibbs cars can go fast and handle well. We can do one or the other. We yeah. can't do both. And I think that's the Penske-Gibbs secret on these mile and a half so far. They have found a way to have speed and drivability. Well, and that's what every other team is trying to catch up with. You mentioned Stuart House Racing, and I know they had all four in the top ten. Kevin Harvick didn't like his car. But Daniel Suarez, that's another driver who had to feel good about the run he had in Texas. Yeah, when we were talking before the season started, I, I said that Daniel Suarez, I felt like, was going to be someone that benefited from this rules package that we're seeing here. I, I saw what he did whenever he ran uh, the All-Star race last year, the things that he was able to do with the Xfinity car getting closer to that, I really thought this was fitting in. I hadn't seen that. I, he showed some speed uh, for the first few races, but no finishes. And I was really wondering, was that chemistry going to get there? All weekend at Texas, he was fast. He made good sound decisions and came away with a really, really good finish and a good weekend for him. Well, and when you measure good weekends anymore, it's not just if you win the race with stages, points are awarded in the <laughs> stages, and that kind of changes, right? So look at, the, I mean, this sounds silly, but Denny Hamlin obviously has the most points he won the race. Yeah. But Daniel Suarez finishing third still scored 46 points with consistent run all day long. And look at Kyle Busch. You know, yeah. look where he is. He's 37 points. That's 10. And you know what I mean? Ran, ran well, led laps, did all those kind of things. You have to put it all together. You have to have stages. You have to have finishes. It's, it is, you're, you're, being, you're being graded now every single lap almost. Yes. It's such a different game than it was in the past. And Ryan Newman, the grinder, 10th on that list, oh. right? He's like, you can't <laughs> shake him. You can never shake him. But listen, when you run good on the racetrack, it helps everybody's mood. And it was a good mood at Hendrick Motorsports. They had some fun on April Fool's Day leading up. Freshams is excited to announce its brand new line of racing scents. Coming soon to a store near you. Good. Victory Lane. Speed. Downforce. Caution. Horsepower. These are nice scents. Mmm, smells like speed. Oh, that was all in April Fools. <laughs> A little thing like two pit road penalties stand between him and victory lane. But Denny, how did you and this 11 team rebound not once but twice to get the win? 
Well, we passed every car on the track. I know for sure at some point everyone we we passed everyone, but our car was fast, and then it you know allowed us to kind of have a little bit different strategy at the end of stage two uh, that allowed us to win that stage, and then we were able to kind of you know pit there, get our tires. Our car was a little off to start stage three, and then towards the middle of stage three, and then we made the right adjustments once we you know the 20 pitted, the 18 bobbled. Um, we were able to run the lap times that I needed to, you know, to really start to pull away there at the end. And then I needed to just execute, run the right line, keep the car running low 29s. And if I could do that, I knew I was going to gap myself on, the, on that last pit stop, and that's what we did. Winless in 2018, now two wins already in the first seven races of 2019 with a new crew chief. What is gelling with you and Chris Gabehart so well so early? Well, we're, we're, we're really doing well. We're, we're working on, you know, just trying to execute these races you know better and today was obviously very sloppy but the fast race car made up for it so um, I'm just happy that we're up front in all these races each week now and, and we're battling and you know we're, we're putting ourselves in good position uh, for the regular season. Four wins for Joe Gibbs racing as a whole this season what it, how has this organization been able to kind of get a, a grip on this new package so much better than the other the others? I don't know that we're you know a lot better but we're just um, you know, it seems like we're getting our balance right in the race and it seems like we're not always the fastest in practice even though we were this weekend but um, it just seems like we're, we're me and Chris in particular are finding what each other needs uh, out of the race car and he's he's giving it to me most weeks so um, we're, we're we're on a roll and we're just got to keep going and keep getting more wins and that's what all matters you obviously as you said made a lot of passes out there on track but if you can give us a sense of how different it it is getting to the lead versus being up in the lead maintaining it it's really hard it's it's extremely hard it, it's the, the hardest part is passing the leader itself because he can run the the corner so much faster than the second place guy and then the third and then on and on uh, but once you get in the middle of the pack if your car is handling well you can you can make some time and that's what we did all day is execute on pit road then win the race congratulations career win number 33 for denny hamlin well, thanks to Kelly for getting that interview with race winner Denny Hamlin. Guys, I think he said it right there, right? She asked how hard it was to take the lead. Uh, he said it was very difficult. Once you had the lead, you could control the race. And I think that brings us right to the turning point because in the end, the race for the win didn't happen on the racetrack. It happened through pit cycles. And we have to go all the way back earlier in the race, really with about 100 to go to look at the turning point. Actually, about 80 to go. The eight of Daniel Hamrick, flat tire, simple spin brings out the yellow. Okay, there's no such thing as a simple spin, but he did. He didn't get anything, so it made it simple. But you're right, everything changed at this point in time. What were the leaders going to do? Was everybody coming to pit road? Well, that wasn't the case. Everybody didn't. We had three cars that decided to stay out. The 10, the 20, and the 9 stayed out but the rest of them came, and there were varying things that they did. Some got fuel, some got tires. And I like this strategy though. Track position mattered. I like staying out. That allowed the 10 to control the restart with Eric Jones on the outside. First car pit road was Kyle Busch and Jeff and proved once again how good he was. Yeah, City Gibbs cars on the outside lane. We, we knew how good they've been good all day. We saw the, the 20 take the lead, and then here comes Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch taking command. This is prior to him you know, losing the car, but took command of the race. And here you go right here. Car gets away from him. Eric Jones gets the lead back. Yeah, I thought it was clear sailing for the 18. Then after he got back in traffic, also made contact with the wall. But then we knew everyone had to pit again, and it started with Chase Elliott. He comes at lap 294 four tires a little surprising tires didn't seem to be that valuable they chose four yeah it's a little surprising they were only going to have 80 laps or on the left side tires with that and that, that 
really surprised me that, that they would have decided to take that, kind of seal their fate for the rest of the day, uh, weren't a factor from this point forward because of what everybody else did. Yeah, then Eric Amarola, the next to pit, as you mentioned, they thought they could stretch the left side tires, they take right sides only. Some of this is a fuel discussion. Remember, he stayed out under that yellow. What that means is he had less fuel in the tank. They needed to take fuel, but at this point, this hands the race and the control of the race over to Eric Jones and the 20. And I thought he was in clear sailing, but unfortunately, Jeff, he had the same situation as the 10, right? He knew he needed about seven seconds worth of fuel. Yeah, he had pitted earlier, which means he was going to have to go longer in the race, which means quite simply you have to put more fuel in it. So you may as well put two tires on. It's not going to take you any more time to do it. So him sitting here having to put more fuel in it is eating up time by the 11. And Denny Hammond, a great job as he goes by. Denny Hamlin knew that was his time to make up time on the racetrack, and he did it. Then it was basically a race between Denny Hamlin and Clint Boyer. And DJ, it was like a game of poker, but you didn't show your cards at the same time. Clint Boyer in the 14 comes for gas only. That was a green light for the 11. They knew the call they had to make. They knew exactly what they had to do. It's like they could see the cards then, so that's not yeah. a fair poker game whenever you know that. Exactly what you have to do. He's got the fast race car out front, and Denny Hamlin does a great job getting on and off pit road, along with making sure they did everything right when he was in the box. So, such a chaotic race. So many guys had led. So many guys had issue. Um, a, the long green flag run to the finish, but in the end, it takes a great race car. It takes good strategy, it takes good execution. The 11 recovers from all of that. But in the end, if the 20, how do they know with 80 to go, staying out or not staying out, how much fuel in the tank? That's what eliminated the 20 of Eric Jones from winning is purely how much fuel he had to take on that pit stop. Well, sometimes you have to gamble to get track position right now. And maybe that hurts you later, but you get that track position. And maybe the cautions lay the way you want, where you never give it up. And those are just... Those are decisions you have to make right then and there. You've, you've been in that. We've sat in and been told you. I've ball out trying to tell me what it's supposed to do. We've sat in the car and been told what to do and saw what happened 100 laps later. You're the one who had to make those decisions. And, you know, I, what, I, what I saw Sunday was that track position was king. And whatever you had to do to get track position at the right time of the race, which, again, may have been a gamble, may have been something that – May not have worked out, but you had to try it right then and just hope you caught the caution track. Well, I don't think it was a question if you could take no tires. The yeah. question was when. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they chose to even right. stay out. And after the race, actually, they asked Danny Hammond's crew chiefs, Chris Gabehart, about taking no tires. There was the no tire calls today. Was that like a, a difficult decision to wrestle with or was that a no-brainer? Very difficult decision to wrestle with. That's what I'm going to say. But no, for... For what, for our car and, and the performance and kind of everything we were seeing, it was uh, it was very not necessarily track position oriented race because we found a way to give that give that away a lot in the race, but uh, minimum time on pit road and and for our scenario each time it just it just made the most sense. Unfortunately, it worked out. Man, it warms my heart to hear a crew chief <laughs> say minimum time on pit road. I think that's what we're looking at here. If you go all the way back to Daytona 500, we relived it on Monday. Denny Hamlin did a great job, but it was pit decisions in the middle section of that race that propelled that 11 to the front of the field, mm -hmm. and Del Denny held you know, control of the race. Much the same thing here. He didn't roll Denny under the bus for the speed, and it sounds like they might actually have a gassing issue, you know, maybe out of gas, and then they had the uncontrolled tire, which can be debated, but the simple fact is they continue to work together. 
And more importantly, the crew chief keeps taking swings, right? He wasn't out of the game. Yeah. He always had a plan. They may not always work, but I love a crew chief with a plan. Yeah, you got to have a plan. And Denny's sitting there driving the car, knows he's got a fast race car and ready to, to make the moves. The one thing that I watched and, and thought about yesterday as I'm watching this race was, yeah, you have a newer track surface at, at Texas. You don't have as many lanes, but you've got a, a track surface that – Put Goodyear in a place that they still had to have a harder tire. And you always wonder, you always hear that we need tires that wear. That's what makes the competition better. Well, I didn't see that. I saw this be very compelling in that the drivers had to do their job. They had to drive hard, but they also knew that at any second, that car could get away from them. On the other side of it, crew chiefs knew that there were gambles that they could take. So I think that's what made it so compelling and put different people in different positions to try to win this race. With this package on high grip racetracks, you're going to see better races without tire fall off. Mm -hmm. And I know that goes against everything we've always thought. But My brain it, just cramped when correct. you said it, actually. But, if, but if, you're, if you're trying to make, if you're trying to create a scenario where you can get a draft down the back straightaway or the front straightaway, you're trying to give the guy in second an advantage somewhere on the racetrack, if the tire fall off is so great, you lose so much more in the corner than you can gain back on the straightaway with the draft that this package may not work with tire fall off. It, they don't go together. Yeah. And that's, that's out of the box thinking that you're going to have to have if you're going to try something that's completely different than it's ever been done. And I agree with you 100%. That was part of why this race was better. It was no tire fall off. And I'm going to get bad tweets and dirty emails about that <laughs> conversation. But the, fact, the proof's in the pudding. We saw more lead changes. We saw a closer race. We saw all that this weekend without the tire fall off. Again, with this package. On the old package, not the case. But with this one, I think the rules have changed. Yeah, and it lets some, some crew chiefs gamble a little bit with their drivers that have good cars, put them in good position for track position. And then if they get that right caution, yeah, it didn't work out for them because, as you said, they had to have that fuel and get the two tires. But if they got that caution, they had their track position from that point forward. Well, Danny Hamlin went winless last year, but on Sunday he delivered something his sponsor is very familiar with. Before making his way to Texas this weekend, Denny stopped in Memphis, Tennessee to pay a visit to some FedEx employees. Here's what he had to say about his special trip. We uh, brought the Daytona 500 trophy. We're celebrating with a lot of team members. There's over 400,000 of them, and a lot of them are kind of based here in, in Memphis. So this is a big hub for them. Uh, we're checking out here. We're in the pilot's lounge where uh, they, they get ready for their pre-flight and everything. So it's very cool to kind of see some of this stuff that usually I'm only seeing in the middle of the night because it's, uh, you know, it's a night sort here. So it's uh, interesting to kind of see it all. And a lot of these employees are such big race fans. You see them with their FedEx racing gear hat on or shirt. So uh, it's great to come back and see them. Well, that's the day Joe Gibbs Racing unveiling the banner. No elevated surfaces for any drivers. That's my opinion on that for Denny Hamlin. I don't think Joe found that funny at all. <laughs> all right, we're going to talk qualifying next. Oh, no. oh, yeah. Be ready. Newman, oh, they're going to be really unhappy with him now. He's trying to get, he passed a couple of cars to get to the inside lane. Now he's blocking the middle. That's not going to be good for Mr. Newman. I mean, the lesson was supposed to be learned in California when we made ourselves look like idiots out there. Unfortunately, we're standing here again in the same situation. I'm pissed off on qualifying over. This has been doing this years and years and years. This is stupid. Did that look like clogging the middle to you? I damn near had to back up to go. 
But this is the second time that we've done this, and I've been bit by it, and I'm tired of it. This is a fail, an epic failure. It's miraculous that uh, Daniel Suarez is able to make a, a lap on his own and qualify for it. I don't know how that's possible based on all the, the data the team seems to be putting together to sit on the end of pit road and wait. We instructed the six car to move. Uh, he did that. Clint uh, Boyer could have gotten out and gotten past the six car. The optics of what's taking place with the teams is, is not tenable for us with the fans. So we're going to look at every option, uh, including the possibility of going to single car qualifying. The reason we haven't is, you know, that's that's on the teams and that's, you know, parts and pieces and we're definitely going to look at it and see what we can do. I know the drivers did not like uh, this qualifying um, that we we're going to do before the season. So part of you says, you know, what, are, are we doing this on purpose, you know, to, to get rid of it? But I know it can be done. Um, it's very clear that, uh, you know, we've got the best drivers in the world who, who can figure it out and crew chiefs. But, you know, we seem to want to, you know, outdo each other, and that results in sitting on pit road. So, again, you know, that'll have to be on us. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll react to it. Do I have to take part in this discussion? Because I'm, I'm. You're hosting the show. I'm yeah. over. I am so over talking qualifying. We don't have this many discussions on how the champion will be crowned in Miami. I mean, this is it's exhausting to think. In my mind, it's as simple as this: what they tried in Texas is not going to work. Enforcing lanes and rules. If you have to make that many rules, it's too complicated. Yeah. So you either either a do single car qualifying or b. Just go back to what it was at Fontana. And if nobody makes a lap, that's on the drivers. I mean, it's one of the two. You can't keep making rules for your rules. We have so many Band-Aids stacked up on this thing that I don't. I think we forgot what the wound was. I mean, we, we got to find something. It can't be this difficult to qualify. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. You know, listen, I, 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 I do want to say this. I, I think it's time to go to single-car qualifying at these racetracks. I, I, but at the same time, I applaud NASCAR for trying, you know, trying to do multi-car qualifying. We cover, cover qualifying every weekend that we're at the racetrack, and it's the multi-car qualifying is fun. Like, mm -hmm. it's, 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 things are happening, and it's fun. Uh, but with this package, the teams believe you're going to have to run in a pack, and, and you're, you, you're, you, are, you are disadvantaged to be the first car rolling off pit road. So no one's going to ever be the first car rolling off the pit road. So I, I just don't see a fix to it except for going back to single-car qualifying. Here's the other thing. If I have the fastest car and I'm the best driver on that given day, I should have the best shot to sit on the pole. And that's not the case in this, with this package. So, you know, with the driver's drafting, you know, you could take the, the 15th best car could sit on the pole. I just don't think yeah. that's right. I, I don't think that we should determine pit stalls, all everything that goes into qualifying based on that. I, I just think it's time to go back to single-car qualifying. Yeah, single-car qualifying where it's, it's impound. So that the teams aren't spending Amen. multiple dollars and just getting qualifying setups and all that goes along with that, and, and you know taking a whole day and, and going there, a lot more money is going to be spent. So why can't we just go to to impound, just qualify, you know, and, and race from that? Either that, or let's have qualifying races every weekend because that's essentially what these guys want to do. So let's have ten or fifteen lap qualifying races, and if we're going to put everybody, that makes everybody race anyway. There are thirty six races. I, we don't need more events. And what I mean yeah. by events is qualifying Friday. That's an event. We don't, we don't need more. The trucks and Xfinity race, go out and qualify. I don't know what it is. Two hours. Your son does it more than anyone. A couple hours before the race, right? They run two hours before, inbound of qualifying. There you have it. Like, let's condense these weekends. We don't need to be there Friday to run cars by themselves. Group qualifying is very entertaining. If, if it's unable to be done, which I agree, let's go single. You have my vote. Single car qualifying. But you have my vote about being an impound. 
Let's not have 90 minutes of practice on Friday with an entire different setup to go run on Friday night that has nothing to do with how the cars will run in the race. Let's show up, practice for 90 minutes, get the cars ready to race, go make some qualifying laps, and the other two series does it, and then go race. Condense the weekend. I'm going to play devil's advocate just because it's fun. So the only problem I have with impound qualifying is when the fields get big. Okay, we currently don't have big fields, but if the field does get big, you are greatly disadvantaged because somebody's going to set their car up that can't race it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But in the in I agree. the environment we'll that, that we're in, when it gets correct, there. correct. Right, in the right. environment we're in right now today with the number of cars that are going to the racetrack, I, I think single car qualifying yeah. and impound makes serious. Yeah, things. I'll give you that vote because I agree. I don't want someone yeah. to go home because of it. But yeah. right now, there's 40 spots. We have 40 cars or less. Let's just, let, I'm with you. Just line it up. Let's get this over with. People pay money to see a great race. We're spending way too much energy as a sport, talking about qualifying. Yeah, and, and again, just as you pointed out, we're, we're not seeing a lot of times the fastest car uh, and driver that particular day be on the pole or even in the top five at times. I, I did find it interesting that Suarez and O'Donnell said it, that yeah. Suarez qualified fine. Well, he went out all by himself. He's like, <laughs> exactly. I'm not waiting to this line. I'm just going. <laughs> I, I actually sat on the pit wall during qualifying uh, just to watch it. Like, and it's chaos. I mean, one guy starts his engine, like, to move, and they all fire up. We're going to go. Oh, we're not going. We shut them back off. Like, it's, it well, is I was kind of glad that chaos. They, they sat there for a while because it let me rewind and listen to Clint Boyer about three or four times the same thing. That was as entertaining as anything. How they don't wreck. How they don't wreck leaving pit road. Like, in person, it, it I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Like, it, is, it is crazy what's going on. Well, guys, we talked Andrew Motorsports. They had a good day. Well, if they move in the field, so Someone has to move back. Not a degay for Penske. We'll talk about it after the break. All right, I'm just broke. We've lost power. Just warming my tires back and forth, and I lost all gears. It's revving up, but it's like I got no drive shaft, no gears, something. It's clunking in the gear, but nothing's happening. All right, slow back down. We have an uncontrolled tire. I think my hood's coming apart. Something is buffering really, really bad. Right in front of the cowl. Really bad. If we can see it from the roof cam. I see it. We'll see where it goes. I'm watching it. It's going worse. Still holding it together, but I don't have another hood ready. That's not something we can put on. Hold up! Everybody's twenty. Well, I guess the good news, if there can be good news, is it wasn't that they were all slow and ran bad. They just mechanically didn't get there, right? The 12 had an engine issue. From what I understand, it started with a water leak that led to an engine issue. The two had, I'm not sure we know what, a driveline thing. Hood brace breaking's a little, I mean, yeah. all three in the same day. You know, one of the turning points could have been Blaney having problems. Yeah. Because he could have won this race. Yeah. yeah Ryan Blaney point. was really, really fast. And, and to, you know, and that's when you have this stuff, right? You, oh, the yeah. thing never, never breaks when you're on 30th. <laughs> no, so, no. You know, you have this to. somebody I wish they would break. <laughs> yeah, so, this thing breaks. You know, Blaney is, uh, he's got to feel like, ah, you know, because he's had good speed. Just, yeah. They just had to get it done. Yeah, and it looked like they had turned things around, and they had, and they had good speed again, and just not getting as many finishes out of it as what he should. I, I think it's only a matter of time before he goes to victory lane, certainly. But 
after you had such a great weekend, weekend before, and we're talking about this and the, the start they've had, and for them, all three cars to, to have something happen. Well, I think expectations. That leads me to the next conversation. we got to stick in the Blue Oval camp, the Ford camp, and Stuart Haas Racing. Four inside the top ten, but the weakest of the four, the four of Kevin Harvick. And in a race where so many guys had issues, you just thought somebody like Harvick, in my mind, could have and took this race away. But, uh, I mean, he, he's, he did not shy away. What did he say? Is the day was the disaster? I heard another quote that said he hasn't had a winning car all year long. This is not good sound coming out of this four camp. Well, it's, listen, it, it's, it's what we talked about earlier. You're like, you, they cannot find a way to go as fast as the Gibbs and Penske cars are and still have them drive well. And, and so when you start trying to find that speed, trying to tune them up, uh, whatever you end up doing, and now they drive terrible, you, you know, it's just no way to go forward. And that team right now is not where we expected them to be. If you compare to where, you know, where Kevin Harvick was last year at this point with three wins, uh, leading a ton of laps, just they're just not there. Here we see yeah. uh, the difference from 14 all the way to 19. Yeah, it's incredible just, you know, how they haven't been it really anywhere. I was actually shocked whenever he came across the line eighth yesterday at the end of that race because he basically ran outside the top 10, a lot of time outside the top 15 uh, for a lot of the day. It seemed his car would get a little bit better on some of the longer runs, but uh, they just haven't found exactly what they're looking for. And, you know, we talked about it last year with the the new Camaro that, that Chevrolet came with. And, you know, everybody doesn't hit on when you change so many things. They were so good last year and had so many things that work. And when you have a, a whole new body change and then you're changing the other rules along with it, it, it takes a little bit of time. But to see him be the worst in their camp, mm. it was highly unusual. I think, too, we have to remember that, you know, maybe roles have reversed. So Penske last year got off to kind of a start like Stuart Haas has gotten yeah. off to, but by the end of the year, they won a oh, championship. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm not ready to rule the four out. <laughs> right, right. So we do know we do know that they have the capabilities to turn it around, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see them turn it around quickly. Well, the other name that needs to turn something around, Kyle Larson. I mean, wasn't a good 2018. Uh, Kurt Busch has gone over yeah. there. Kurt has had a pretty decent year. I mean, I'm not ready. You know, we're not talking trophies yet, but a pretty solid year. I, look, I don't think Kyle Larson had anything to do with failing a right front tire or cutting a right front tire, whatever happened. But the simple fact is. It was a weekend, much like Jimmy Johnson's. Why he didn't sit on the pole, he was fast. On all the averages, he looked good. His name was a little bit of the buzz in the garage. He just needs something to go his way, and it definitely didn't with this accident. Yeah, and, and you know, we, you talk about drivers and, and what packages are best for each driver. You know, maybe uh, low down force, a lot of slipping, maybe that's a Kyle Larson yeah. package where he likes to get up to the top, you know, run that upper groove. We really haven't seen multiple grooves, a ton of multiple grooves form. Uh, you just wonder if this package also isn't suiting what he's looking for, or if it's just quite simply his team can't give him that right now. It's you, and, and if you were driving it, you wouldn't know the answer either, right? It's what's yeah. so difficult about fixing these problems is what is the problem? Is it the driving style? Is it the car? These are just really difficult things to fix. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what their issues have been uh, on the other mile and a half to this point and then the two mile uh, at, at California, but uh, you know, in handling things. And so you wonder, when you see that happen yesterday, were they trying something that was, okay, you know, just right. something simple as more camber or something like that with the right front, and did that wear out and, and do that? Because they're basically not using brakes, so you can't attribute it to yeah. that there. So is it something they were trying to give their driver to where he could be in the throttle more uh, because that seems to be an issue to this point? Well, you got to do something, right? If you're going to try yeah. to go faster, you have to make changes. Try. So yeah. we talk about a lot of different drivers. Y'all get your shout-outs ready? The hour's about over. So after the break, <laughs> everybody here will get some shout-outs from Texas.
A critical central matchup featuring two of the hottest teams in the NHL as Nathan McKinnon and the Avs go up against the St. Louis Blues. The Avs looking to continue their pace in the Western Conference playoff race. We'll have more of this story coming up on NHL Live. Well, NHL Live, always good to watch a little bit of hockey. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow night, the Dale Jr. Download, 5.30 Eastern. NASCAR President Steve Phelps. There's no telling yeah. what Dale Jr. is going to ask him. him. That could go anywhere. So <laughs> I'm actually a little, I'm happy and a little nervous for Steve all at once. But but it's now it's time for some shout-outs. And I'm going to stick up there with Dale Jr. and Junior Motorsports. And my first shout-out, it goes to Jeb Burton. Ran fifth in the Xfinity race. Uh, here's a guy that, that has been bouncing around, trying to get an opportunity, has found an opportunity, making the most of it. Yeah, you can't argue with what he did. I mean, all he's wanted is a chance in a good car, and he did a good job. So my shout-out, we're going to stick in the Burton family. And mine goes to Harrison Burton, who today it announced he's going to drive eight races in the Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs Racing starting this weekend at Bristol. This young man's on the fast track. Uh, Jeff, y'all have done a great job uh, with him and, and giving him the opportunity and look forward to watching him in the Xfinity Series now. Hey, first race, go to Bristol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> easy. It's a great idea. <laughs> I'm just thankful you stopped picking on him for wrecking the truck Friday night. The kid breaks one truck and you're on him, but it's a great opportunity. No pressure. I mean, the 18 runs pretty good at Bristol. Yeah, it runs pretty yeah. good. Hey, listen, tell me about racetracks. I, I got to go shout out to, to Eddie Gossage and his team. At, at Texas Motor Speedway, you know, getting in there and saying, hey, we need to make this racetrack better, you know, running their tire drag and putting rubber in the racetrack, putting the VHT material on the racetrack, trying to get a second and third groove. You know, I appreciate the effort and how hard uh, Eddie and his team worked to improve this racing on Sunday. Yeah, all the facilities. I mean, we see a lot of changes with facilities. Texas reconfigured turns one and two to trying to change mm -hmm. the racing. Eddie has always been about promotion. He has definitely ruffled some feathers along the way, <laughs> but he has the confidence to do what he thinks is, is right. And I think that's why you see this race continue and why we see such good racing when we head there. And, and, and Eddie is, he's all in. Saturday night, he's down there with the fans, oh, yeah. having a big time. And I think Eddie's calls at work when really he's just down there having a, you know, <laughs> in the party. But, you know, he, he interacts with the fans. You see him face-to-face. -face. You see him on social media. He really is working hard at Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah, he's come a long way. And, and, you know, we talk about these races and, and wanting to have good races that the fans can really enjoy. You know, and that means passing and, and everything. And and for the tracks then to make an effort to, to try to help. The drivers are doing all they can do. They want to have good racing, too. That's exciting. That's yeah. what you do as a competitor. You want that. But sometimes you have to have a little help. There's only so much you can do with the cars and the tires. Sometimes you've got to have a little help with the service. And they did a great job giving the drivers what they needed to put on a good show. Well, we've talked about a track that puts on a good show, the Coliseum this week, heading wow. to Bristol, the high banks, the half mile. There's no telling what we'll be talking about next Monday. Up next on NBCSN, it's NHL Live. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.